0: Oh, it is. What the heck is it trying to do?
1: Recorded live.
0: Scuba Obsessed the Weekly Podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving from cool new gear, places to dive, and scuba new news. episode 164 is recorded live Thursday, June 13th, 2013. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson, where we have broken a dry spell. Joining me this week, I have Mac the Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, Mac?
1: Doing pretty good, thank
0: you. And we also have Jim Schiltz. How are
2: you doing today, Jim? I'm just great, thank you. Excellent.
0: So let's see, I'm trying to figure out, is there some numerology in uh, 0613 on the 13th? It's a, it's Thursday the 13th, so maybe that's a, a lucky number.
1: Well, it's Friday the 13th on Thursday. Yeah,
0: one day early, we're getting a head start. So let's, We. I apologize for everybody who showed up last week and we didn't record an episode, just kind of the whole scheduling and everything didn't work out but we had a great time talking with everybody in the chat room we were there's about three or four in the chat room that we we chatted back and forth with for several hours so we we got I call this one a double header we'll have an extra episode then also we're not sure what the schedule is going to be like for the next few weeks next week I'm going to be traveling on business so it's possible there may or may not be one we'll just have to I think I can do it. If I cancel it, I'll be sitting in my hotel room doing nothing. But if I say we're going to do it, then I'll have business meetings all the way till ten o'clock. So we'll we'll see. And then the following week we'll be doing a buy, so there won't be any episode. I'm going to be at Boy Scout camp with my son, like I was last year. This year, just a little bit earlier. And then the following week is the Fourth of July. So if if you guys can write into us and let us know what you'd like to see, do you think we should record on the Fourth of July? Should we? Do maybe a best of or a uh, some sort of edited episode? Should we record on a different night? Maybe have a pre-recorded one. Let us know.
1: <clears throat> For the working steps out there, is that a four four day weekend?
0: No. Well, it depends. My company, uh, if you're in the yearbook division, it it is a four day weekend because you get an extra day around the Fourth of July because they don't give them Memorial Day because they're printing yearbooks. <laughs> But uh, the rest of us who took Memorial Day will be working the fifth, so it's it's not. Uh-uh. I th- I think a lot of people will extend it. You know, if you got a bunch of vacation time, you'll try and utilize it up.
1: I won't ask Mister Schultz because I think he's in that n- new realm of uh, every day's a holiday. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have to ask you, Jim. Do you like get up in the morning still at the time you used to when you were working?
2: Uh, no, I usually I, I get up earlier. It oh, depends what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what I'm doing. Days that we're diving, I'm up at 6:30. You know, if we're doing an early morning dive, for uh-huh. practice on the uh, the tech configuration. Other days, I'll sleep in till eh, either the wife gets up or the dog gets up or we all get up. So sometimes it's a little bit earlier. There's been a couple of days I slept in late. Yeah,
0: well, that's good. That's that's what I I dream of doing when I retire is to sleep in a yeah you know, an extra 10 15 minutes. Well, here we're going to jump right on into Scuba News, paste the show notes into the chat room. First one is actually a recall dive alert emergency signaling device. Uh, Dive alert is recalling 2,500 dive alert and dive alert plus signaling devices. The signaling device can malfunction when used and restrict divers airflow posing a drowning hazard. No incidents or injuries have been reported. It recalls, the recall involves Dive Alert, Dive Alert Plus, with the model numbers DA two, DP two, D V two. The signaling device is attached to the diver's buoyancy compensator device, B C D power inflator, alternate regulator system by a chrome plated brass coupling. It is used to activate a loud surface horn or underwater percussion noise to alert other divers in the event of a diver's emergency. Device devices are also used in non emergencies to get the attention of the pickup boat or other divers. The DA-2 is black with an orange button. The DP-2 is black with a gray knob and the red button and has Dive Alert Plus printed on it. And the DV-2 is black and red. They can be used with the Aqualung Air Source Oceanic Air XS, Ares Air Link, Mare's Air Control Regulator Inflators. Only these signaling devices without any stamped writing on the coupling collar are, reco- are included in this recall. Devices were manufactured in the U.S. were sold at dive equipment stores nationwide from July 2009 through May 2013 for between $70 and $90. Consumers should immediately stop using the recalled dive alert signaling device and return them to authorized dealer or to dive alert for free repair. The repair consists of replacing the defective female coupling. So if we read between the lines, what is the actual defect? Is it coming unattached?
1: That's what it sounds like, uh, the collar. On the quick disconnect. Yeah, it
0: says the signal device can malfunction when used and restrict a diverse airflow. Who's breathing through? Because uh, how I've seen these is you've got your hose that goes to your your BCD inflator, and you plug this in, and then you plug, you know, this kind of goes between the hose and the BCD's inflator,
2: right? Correct.
0: So how would that restrict your air your breathing, Diver, restrict a diverse airflow? I guess the airflow to the BCD. Hmm. But if you happen to have
2: one of those, make sure you get it serviced.
1: Who in the club has those? Does I anybody? Somebody does.
2: I have one, but I don't have it. There, there's two models out. There's the surface model, and they now have an underwater model. And I've got the surface model. I've had it for years. It's loud.
0: Yeah, I've seen them in the dive shops, and I thought it was an interesting idea. I just i have also got a regular whistle I can blow. <laughs> and the whistle I've got supposed to work underwater. I keep thinking I'm going to try, and I never do. Next up is out of Hawaii. Scuba spearfishing ban has been cut from a rules package for roughly a decade. The West Hawaiian fishermen, divers, swimmers, and other ocean users have worked on a draft uh, to the West Hawaiian Regional Fishery Management Area rules. The ban on scuba spearfishing was one of the most controversial items in the package. And despite passing through several earlier reviews with their prohib- prohibition intact, Department of Land and Natural Resources chairman recently struck the rule. That move, which the rule package writers call undemocratic, um, has created an uproar in West Hawaii where emails urging residents to write DLNR and the Board of Land and Natural Resources government to protest. The real story is a loss of the process, says Tina Owens of the Lost Fish Coalition. It means that nobody is going to trust the process again. And uh, what it comes down to is that the agency saying that it was controversial enough to not be included in the rule package. They were going to take it out so they could do studying. They said they didn't have any good numbers on how many people were spearfishing and scuba diving and how many fish are being caught, so they said that they couldn't make a ruling on whether it made sense to limit scuba spearfishing. Owens, who apparently is for it, says roughly 1,200 items of testimony received during a lengthy public review process. About 90% was in support of scuba spearfishing ban. 50 scientists, mostly of them with doctorates, wrote to support the ban during the rulemaking process. Are there really that many people in Hawaii going spearfishing?
1: Well, I'd like to see what that 43-page report is that supports the scuba ban. And I, my, my thought was the same item. How many people are actually doing that? but they seem to uh, identify or state that a lot of people are circumventing the laws and are doing this as a um, method to make money, and it skirts the aspect of paying taxes on it, and that sounds like part of their problem or their issue.
0: When you say they're doing to make money, so they're able to spearfish and then sell the catches?
1: Yeah. So so that appears to be part of the issue. They're getting jinked out of some tax money, I suppose.
0: Yeah, cuz to my point was is, is if you're managing a fishery, you have to know how many fish you think is okay to take and then you adjust your rules. So, if you think there are too many people taking it from via scuba, you can limit those species where it's having a negative effect or it's too much is being taken. But you have to have some sort of of metrics. And you could they could make a regulation requiring that that you log what fish you take. You know you come up, you have twenty four hours to report it or or something. Now you, you, admittedly, you're going to have people who won't do that.
1: well, if you if you go fishing and you have your little license and you catch them on your boat, you don't have to tell anybody. and there's more guys in boats, I think, than divers,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: And it would be just as easy, if not easier to catch more fish than you're allowed and do the same thing. So yeah,
0: well, well, they're saying that it it it's not a, they're not going after the snorkelers at this time. So snorkeling was going to do it, and at one point they said something about that all the scuba divers were old and fat <laughs> and weren't going to be and, and didn't have good enough air holding capabilities to to go and get the the fish via snorkeling.
1: I don't know. They said uh, of 1,200 items of testimony during the lengthy public review, 90 was in support. It was in support of the spearfishing ban for scuba. 50 scientists, most with doctoral degrees, supported the ban. Okay. Then the opponents say they know they're not going to have the numbers to sway the public hearing, so they go to the backdoor route. It, it sounds like...
0: Well, what, to, to me, this is a bigger issue, which unfortunately, as, as scuba divers, we're going to get shafted. But to me, this is just making fishing illegal. This is, this is what these groups... Uh, let, let's see, who, who's this lost fish organization? Do they support fishing at all? I mean, PETA doesn't support fishing.
1: I just know I enjoyed fishing underwater like we did two years ago, and that was a lot of fun. Now, of yeah. course, we didn't use a spear gun. It was still fun. Yeah.
0: We'll have, to, we'll have to come back and do a little bit of research on this. But I have an idea this one's not over with. Yeah. Now, here's one. Miracle at Sea. Let's see how quick this That guy
1: is so freaking lucky. <laughs> and I would be can you imagine being in a freaking sunken boat upside down for, for two days? Wouldn't you go freaking nuts?
0: Oh. Well, the the thing is is well I'd I'd have probably been dead because an hour into it I'd have been trying to find my way back out. I mean we we probably gosh. Okay, so what this one's from and it it's uh from May thirty first and it was from the end of May as it reported that earlier that week a tragedy stuck struck offshore S. Crovas, Nigeria, and it was the 26th of May, uh, when the anchor-handling tug uh, Jaskin-4 sank in heavy weather, divers recovered 10 bodies from the sunken ship, and one is still missing. Miraculously, however, the ship's cook, Mr. Okini Harrison, was found alive after spending roughly two days inside the sunken vessel a depth of 30 meters, or just a little under 100 feet. The fact that this person survived is incredible, uh, commented former U.S. Navy salvage officer, uh, Patrick Keenan. After spending two days at 30 meters in depth, he had become saturated, meaning his body absorbed all the pressurized gases and equalized the surrounding water pressure, bringing him to the surface from that depth. And after having been saturated at three or four atmospheres, could easily have killed him. So, in commercial work, you call that a saturation dive.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, uh, not having experience of that, what what's the table say for a saturation dive at 100 feet? How long would that it's take you to come out? It's
1: your normal dive table. It's just if you exceed that, and once you're saturated, you're saturated. Wow. I'm just curious. One is how large was that compartment he was in? that he would have enough air for two days? Three, I mean, second, is he must have been in some kind of dry environment, obviously, to have a bubble. Otherwise, why did not hypothermia kick his butt? See, where's the same. And being being night- in there for three days in the dark? Whoa, whoa. I-
0: now this Nigeria is it just is it maybe hot enough tropical waters?
1: About a hundred feet down.
0: Yeah, that's true. He he must it's have been. been no it. Yeah, it must have been large enough to where he was not actually in the water. And I'm thinking it had to have flipped upside down. Yeah, you know, that he was somehow in the the hull.
1: I I'm looking at the boat. I'm just trying to figure out where in that boat he was at, and why was he the only person
2: that? I think he was you know. in the engine room. Was he in the interview? Was this guy the cook? This is, the, is cook. the cook. Yeah. <laughs> when, when they, they I keep don't know, think they, there was a follow up article on G Captain uh, where they did an interview with him that I didn't get a chance to read, but I think if you look up G Captain, you'll find it.
0: That's where the uh, we got this article. I, actually, you got the article.
2: Yeah, that was the original article, and then a couple days later, two or three days later, they had a follow up. Okay, let's see.
0: Wonderful, be able to find it in here. I think the internet's broke. Well well that
1: is just one lucky turkey, that's her. that's all I can say yeah, there.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's not I don't I don't think you should ever expect that.
1: And the boat was upside down. I just found another one on it. But it didn't go in, in into any other details. Well we got not Dave that. in the chat room.
0: Let's see, he's saying uh okay. Dive Master Equations. How long is that? Four thousand three hundred and twenty one minutes of bottom time. Okay, well, Patty is reporting a world record scuba diving in 100 countries. Uh, Patty Pro Karen Siniger dove her way right into record books on February in 2013 in India. It was great that I could achieve this record while doing something as unique as diving with an elephant <laughs> in India. It was the 115th country I had dived in. She says, "That's a good. That's a. I like that one." That's as far as records go. I think that's pretty nice.
1: Diving more an elephant, huh?
0: Yeah, well, 115th country. that actually be one I would love to try and beat? She's logged 1,021 dives a day. It has no plans to stopping anytime soon. Very cool.
1: What does Patty Pro mean?
0: Uh, she, I think that's the the pros. What starts at dive master and goes on up.
1: Oh, okay.
0: If if I'm if they're meaning it literally, it's probably part of their marketing. You know their GoPro program, which is dive masters instructors.
1: Like the picture of her in Iceland.
0: Yeah, she's not afraid of cold water.
1: No, got enough gear on there.
0: Yeah. Speaking of cold water, thieves take some uh, wetsuits. This one's from the North. Was that uh, Northumberland? Oh, Northumberland. Northumber.
2: Northumberland. Northumberland. Steve, like tell it, them how to pronounce it.
0: Well, it's like I need to. I need like hyphens, like the phonetically spelled out with the break. It's like, where, where do you divide? But or it could good, have been
1: Northumberland.
0: Well, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I was thinking it was Northumberland. You know, that, that sounds kind of like a elven village or something.
1: Yeah, that's a little British-UK thing. Yeah, or maybe even New
0: Zealand. But uh, thieves take wetsuit from a washing line. Police are appealing for information after washing line theft in Aln- Alnwick between 10 p.m. on Tuesday and 7 p.m. yesterday. And this was on uh, uh, June 6th, which would have been last Thursday. A uh, number of items of clothing included two wetsuits, two scuba diving vests were stolen from the washing line in the house of the Ballif area. Anyone with inf- any information or whereabouts of stolen items are asked to contact the police.
1: Lots to luck, Yeah.
0: I guess somebody must have realized what it was. I'm just trying to think of that. It can't be – that's another reason why I should pee in the uh, the wetsuit. It just reduces the, uh, the, the theft value.
1: Um, summer day, that ain't the only reason.
0: Yeah. Let it cook in their car. (laughs) And then this is an interesting question. This one is from the Modesto B. Uh, Somebody had written a question in the newspaper and is asking if scuba divers are allowed to help find abalone. It says, is there any regulation prohibiting a photographer with scuba gear from also scouting out large abalone for a regulation compliant abalone diver to take? And the I don't answer- know
1: how you could, you could not let. It. I mean, he's out there in his dive gear with a camera, looking around. He sees abalone. Okay, big deal. Now, how can they say you can't go out? You know what I'm saying? You don't have to say you're looking for abalone. You're just out there doing photography, and you stumble across some abalone.
0: And you just happen to have all these abalone fishermen as your friends on Facebook, and they happen to see where you posted your photos.
1: And that's what, you know, so they're not allowed to help find. I don't understand that part.
0: They said the answer is the photographer and scuba cannot assist the free diver in any way. The action you described falls within the definition of take under Fish Game Code and its regulations. Both the abalone diver and the photographer with scuba gear will be cited for the violation. CCR, Title. 14 section, which prohibits the use of scuba gear to take abalone.
1: Alright, now if he's not taking any, what what's that deal again? Repeat that part.
0: They said it's the the action you describe falls in the definition of take, and they have take in quote marks under the Fish and Game Code and its regulations. So they specifically must have rules for what is considered aiding.
1: Okay, tell me about the aiding part. I mean, who's down there with the photographer?
0: Well, I think what they're saying is the photographer cannot assist a free diver. So I can't be a photographer swimming around and I see abalone and then when the free diver comes down, I point and go there it is. You're not allowed to scope it out.
1: That seemed a bit much, but hey.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of those things to know that it's it's good to know that it's potential you could get in trouble. I oh, don't
1: I'm just curious what drove that. So the guy's down there, he's taking photographs, he points one, you come take it. Is that depleting the abalone bits or something?
0: Well, I think they're just th- saying it's an un- unfair advantage for the, because it, it seems to be that they use snorkeling as a way of limiting take, that they, they feel that scuba diving just allows you to take way too much.
1: Okay, I, I just remember in California, we did use scuba to go abalone hunting.
0: Well, it must be. The, this
1: this must is in hunt. the 70s, so I don't know.
0: I'm guessing okay. that by yeah. reading this, they've changed the rule a little bit.
1: Okay, that's so much. What do I know? It's been years. <laughs>
0: but, yeah. And, Jim, this is the reason of my question before the show, because this new one, TechCrunch is reporting a, a new business. Boat, boat Bound launches peer-to-peer boat rental market. So if you're familiar with Airbnb, which is an online service where you can rent out your house or apartment. Uh, they said boat bound is the same thing. It launches a service to help boat owners offset the cost of ownership and let more people experience the joys of water. And they've received over a million dollars in funding. They said the listing website will pre screen captains rent fully insured vessels across the country raising raging raging. Ranging from basic motorboats to sailboats to yachts. Interesting. Yeah, so kind of a an interesting idea. They're they're citing that Boats are not being used over ninety percent of the time, which I believe it. Yeah, mean go by any marina, and it's like any of those hobbies. When you when you first get something, you, you know, first year you probably get a boat. It's it's going out every just about any chance you get, and go three four years down the road, and it's probably Memorial Day, Fourth of July, and Labor Day.
1: What is a licensed seafarer?
0: Well, they could come up with their own program because that's what they're they're going to run the challenges. Is there are many people who should never get run a boat.
1: Yeah, so what is licensed seafarer? Anybody know? Uh,
0: I, I haven't heard anything. I, I know that uh, uh, the Power Squadron, is it Power Squadron? Am I mixing up my groups? Has a, uh, like a boat safety course that they encourage people to take. Oh, okay, I think we're going to get cut here in a minute. Jim's dropped. It says they have a variety of boats with top destinations, including San Francisco, Miami Beach, South Lake Tahoe, Said owners set up listings with their boats, descriptions, amenities, details, and engine capacity. They have fifty boats in a listing, it has almost a thousand already pre approved. They'll be added site over the next weeks once scalability is insured. Going rates are going to go from a few hundred to a few thousand dollars a day depending on boat size. The fees pay for comprehensive insurance plan at covering a boat with up to two million dollars plus an extra one million liability. It means any size boat is covered for anything from scratches to dings to sunk ships to broken docks. To make sure that doesn't happen, runners must be licensed seafarers. So that's what you're talking
1: about. It'll be interesting to see because there's a, a lot of liability, plus what they're charging for some of the boats seem very, very high. Well, if you're taking
0: a vacation, wow, that, that is high. $600 a day for that ski boat?
1: Or 2600 a day for the 38-foot Regal. Wow. Interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess.
1: Interesting to see how it works.
0: Yeah, well, and I went to that website. They had uh, official boater safety certification. So it's an online. It says it says they offer a boating safety course approved by National Association of State Boating Law Administrators, and recognized by the U.S. Coast Guard. I don't think that's a real thing. I mean, they're they're obviously selling it, but I don't I don't think well,
1: there's maybe that's the market. I can just sell you that service for thirty bucks. and one hundred fifty thousand times thirty. Yeah maybe, be nice.
0: yeah, maybe we need to check to see if the guy who's putting up the site together also owns his boat licensing course. And hmm. I then I think Canada has a boat licensing service. See, in Canada, it looks like uh, Canadians operating power pleasure boats in all provinces are required to take an exam, where we don't in the U.S. Eh, give them time.
1: Yeah, it'll start off free, and then they'll charge them, and then it'll be an annual, and then it'll be a monthly or something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, he, the bad thing about that is, you know, say I'm not a captain, but I'm on somebody's boat, and then for whatever reason, you know, say he gets seasick or appendicitis or something, and then I need to bring the boat in. If they come up with that regulation, I don't have my license, then that's illegal. I'm sure they could say the same thing about driving a car. So, oh well. Yeah, it's 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 bound to happen. Oh, guess that wasn't quite it. Okay, there you go, chat room. Manta ray tourism is worth 140 million dollars a year. They said swimming with manas is one of the highlights for any scuba diver and could be a valuable source of money, and jobs for local people. The latest estimate for the value of manta ray tourism has been put at $140 million US dollars a year. Just 10 countries count for 93% of the value. It boosts their diving tourism market. The study looked at 23 countries which have suitable manta diving industry, and they estimate that the direct value of the manta rays could be placed at $140 million. That was made up of $73 million value to tourists and dive operators and the remainder being associated with accommodations, food, and other hospitality. So it's about 50-50. That makes sense. I could see that. Also trying to figure out what the motivation behind the study was. Is it to uh, encourage more mana diving? I don't know. And then this is an article out of our local Herald Palladium newspaper here. And we won't read the article in detail, but it's worth taking a look at it. And it's a long-form story about somebody who's been diving for over 45 years, the old Seabrex Marine, a Stevensville-based company that specializes in underwater inspection, repair, and construction services.
1: I don't see that in that updated item you gave us.
0: Well, let me uh, – it should be there, but I'll paste it in the Skype for you. I did it, read
1: that one last week, though. Yeah. That's Alan. You know him, yeah,
0: I figured if he if he was a commercial diver in the area he had to know him
1: yeah he he worked at uh plant back in the uh very early seventies for quite a few years. yeah it was almost a mainstay out there during the initial use of divers and tunnel inspections and sand sucking. yeah he had a um a nice little outfit down in Florida looking for treasure for a while. I know that
0: <laughs> some good treasure hunting.
1: Yeah, and they're right up here behind the uh, Burger King off of, you know, like you're going to uh, on Red Arrow here. Yeah. That's where they're at.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking.
1: Right. They they were the ones who were working with uh, Lakeshore High School in their welding, and then they became certified scuba, and then they did intro to welding with Seabrook's tanks.
0: Okay. Now, in the photo of him in this article, what's that that he's standing in front of? Is that a, a, a tank he's got?
1: I'm not sure. I don't have the photo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, it looks like a nine-foot diameter tank. So I'm wondering if that's maybe for training.
1: Yeah, you know, if, if you take those uh, big concrete pipes, put three of them on top of each other, seal uh-huh. them up, put a cap on the bottom, cut a hole in the bottom one, put a plexiglass screen, then you get up to the ladder and you have a platform. And that's, what, that's a training tank. It's a good deal. That way you can also watch them from the outside on the ground while they're in their welding.
0: Well, I, I was just thinking of that for uh, as an as a way for some of these dive shops who you know they have their own pool.
1: Yeah, it's a little, little limited and narrow, but yeah, at least you get to go in, and do your buoyancy and stuff.
0: Yeah, well, you, you just you're just trying to get some of the stuff done because right. I mean,
1: we had one our diving school I went to was like that. Hours of steel. Yeah. We had a lockout chamber the same way, and a lot of your work is done in the tanks until you become proficient. I mean, you don't need a lot of area to work on a wellhead. You just put one of those at the bottom of the, one of those tanks and throw in the ink so it's black. You don't need anything more than 20 feet round. <laughs>
0: so interesting. Yeah, and th- we've got a few dive companies in the area. Uh, I think there's one in Baroda, too, that does similar things.
1: Well, you got underwater constructors. That's probably the biggest commercial one around here. They do a lot of work also at uh, nuclear plants uh, and the water work plants for their intakes and their tunnel work.
0: Then we have a Bristol woman becomes a scuba instructor to the age of 75. She's one of the oldest people in the UK to qualify as a scuba diving instructor, an active member in the Bristol branch of the British Subaquatic Club. Pat did not take up the sport until she was 68 while on the holiday in the Maldives. She has set her sights on the chilly water of Scapa Flow on the Orkney Islands as she continues to develop her scuba skills with the Bristol Diving Club.
2: That's a dive I'd like to do someday, a scapa flow. Yes, yeah.
0: Well, you're, well, you're getting your tech diving in. That's That's got to be on your list then.
2: Yeah. Gets me one step closer.
0: Yeah, because there's a lot of them. Isn't that a, the 200 feet depth, a lot of those?
1: Yeah, right. there's some fantastic uh, diving for that. Uh, ADC conference got 25 years ago. They did presentations on the scapa flow where they were salvaging and car the hulls of some of those dist- uh, cruisers and battleships, and you're talking 16, 24-inch thick hulls. It was freaking yeah, amazing. That was, of,
2: that, was, that was the time of the dreadnoughts.
1: Yeah, My hat is off to the lady there, but I, I, she must have one hell of a lot of stamina and endurance to be able to be uh, an instructor. Well,
0: I, I keep looking at how they, they do their instructing over there in the UK, and seems to be an attractive way of doing it. And then the... Uh... Daily Mail out of the UK has a nice article on Chuck Lagoon, along with some photos and pictures. Those photos are amazing.
2: Yeah, that's another one to do.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking well, we got to put Scapa Flow on there. you got to put Chuck, La- Chuck Lagoon.
2: Yeah, I'll probably do Chuck Lagoon before I do Scapa Flow.
0: Now it says Chuck and then truck. What's the difference? Is it spelling? Is it the same thing?
2: I've always known it as Truck Lagoon, but I've heard that, I don't know if they're changing the name of it or what.
0: So here they're, they said the Second World War, Chuck Lagoon is Japan's main base in the South Pacific. But then when you scroll down, it shows Truck, T-R-U-K. Chuck Lagoon, formerly known as Truck Lagoon, is a sheltered body of water in the Central Pacific. So yeah, it must be, we had westernized it and then everybody local got upset. Uh, that car in there in that picture. Uh, there's a nice one. Tank. Is that a sextant in there? Can't believe that's still there. And then all the rounds. Look at that. They got all those clips of ammunition. Some nice photos. And a 400-year-old Spanish warship has been discovered just off of Peru. Two 400-year-old warships that sank the Pacific Ocean after being attacked by a Dutch admiral and pirates may once again see land if researchers in Peru successfully raise them. Who, there can't be anything to raise in 400-year-old ships. Militechers no, no, no. and magnetometers and mem- memoirs indicate the ships, part of the fleet that defended the Spanish crown, when Peru was a colony some 150 kilometers south of the capital in Lima, about 93 miles. Investigators and historian Ortez said on Monday, the Santa Ana and San Francisco carrying more than 300 men sank in 1615 after the Dutch Navy officer and pirate, Van Spielberg attacked them during the 80 years war between Spain and revolting Dutch subjects. After Peru, uh, Van Spielenbergen sailed north and launched attacks in Mexico and later the Philippines. Said no gold, no silver, but there are be valuable clues about our history and culture.
1: That's one of those return on the investment. I want to see what you're going to make out of that deal. Well,
0: no, they're not. I can't see them making anything off that myself. And then here's a, a bomber. Being raised. Come on. Oh, internet must be down in the UK or something. <laughs> wow. E- either of you able to get it to come up? There's not,
1: it. it all came up on mine, yeah.
0: Goodness. I have, I have to restart it. It's not coming up. Ah, that internet thing's just a fad, anyway. It's coming up. Everybody else. Yeah. That, well, until it comes up, I can't tell you what the article is, but uh, the, the picture of the plane looked pretty rough. Uh, it was nicknamed the Flying Pencil.
1: Yeah. It's a very narrow aircraft.
0: Yeah. And it must have been fabric covered.
1: I don't believe it was fabric covered. I'm trying to remember. I just don't remember it being fabric covered. Okay. Well, I'm going to a different browser now.
0: Maybe. I cannot get it to come up on any, either browser. Well, if that one ever comes up, maybe we'll try something else.
2: I've
1: uh, done in Flying Magazine today also, pictures of it.
0: Okay. So on to the section of, but oh, come on, why can't it come up? Oh.
2: Sounds like you need to give your browser some Viagra.
0: Yeah, that sounds like both of them. It's almost like the UK has blocked me. It says waiting for mirror.co.uk.
1: Try what I just sent you, Huffington Post.
0: Okay.
1: It's got the same pictures of what you wanted. Did
0: you see the one I sent you. Yeah, I'm I'm pasting that one in. See if that one comes up. Well, I say it's be exciting for everybody to wait wait for my internet browser to go. Nope, that one won't come up either.
1: Well, sorry about that.
0: I mean, I can get the other websites, no problem. Yeah. I I love it when it, it asks you, Are you sure? You sure? Huffington Post is a is a is a website?
1: Well, whatever I just sent you that's what I got.
0: The, 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 <laughs> The chat room saying it's because I keep killing the pronunciation of their locations. They ban me. <laughs> that, that could very well be. I, uh, I go for that. Right. Now, okay, here here, the Huffington Post starts. At least I got a title. German World War II bomber raised from the English Channel. British Museum on Monday successfully recovered a German bomber that had been shot down over the English Channel during World War Two. The aircraft nicknamed the Luftwaffe. <laughs> Isn't that something that you have like with caramel or chocolate and ice cream? A uh, Flying Pencil, because of its narrow yeah. fuselage, came down off the coast of Kent in southeast England more than 70 years ago in the Battle of Britain. The rusting, damaged plane was listed from the depths of the channel with cables and is believed to have been the most intact example of the German Dorner Doe 17 bomber that has ever been found. It has been lifted is now safely on the barge in one piece, says RAF Museum spokesman A.J. Shirov. Oh, my goodness. How many letters can you just string together? Sir vastava the bar will be told in the port Tuesday, he added. A few fragments of plane dropped off as being lifted, but officials said divers will retrieve them later. The museum has been trying to raise the relic for a few weeks, but the operation was delayed by strong winds and choppy waters. The plane was discovered in two thousand eight in fifty feet of water. Experts say the bombers were remarkably undamaged despite the passage of time. So fifty feet about fifteen meters. They said they're going to plan to put an exhibit next to a British Hawker Hurricane fighter <clears throat> aircraft. What's this one?
1: See what I just sent you? Yeah. Go to there. It's got nothing to do with that bomber, but I want to show you the difference between one that crashes in the desert and one that crashes in the ocean. This is a Kitty Hawk fighter found in the Sahara Desert from 1942. Now, you tell me which one you'd like to find first.
0: Okay, that one's taking its sweet time to come up. Oh, come on. It's got to – I'm afraid I may have to get to the point where i got to reboot here.
1: Well, the end is near. We'll just skip to that, and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and we'll talk it down for you.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, did you see the article on the the unmanned underwater vehicles?
1: Yes, I did.
0: Uh, taking uh, sailors out of the minefields, uh, the U.S. 5th Fleet-led international mine countermeasure exercise in the Persian Gulf using 18 units of the steel experimental technology UUVs covered 70 square nautical miles during a three week exercise involving 41 nations. Testing new technology was part of the motivation for holding the exercise so soon after a similar one eight months ago, according to the Fifth Fleet officials. So they found more than half of the, or they found fewer than half of the 29 simulated mines.
1: And that doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy.
0: No. Now, I want you to find them all. Senior military leaders are excited about the pro- promising new capability, especially in this very hot Middle Eastern region where crew fatigue during mine sweeping operations is a source of concern. They said the, the underwater vehicles can hunt for mines for a longer period of time. says so the imagery it produces is much greater than legacy systems that are out there. company contracted the U.S. Navy to evaluate and develop the emerging technology to meet Navy objectives says the uh, program has been around for about five years. It's scheduled to be completed in September of 2015. They don't have a whole lot of time left. And then did you see that other potential uh, cool scuba gear, Mac?
1: An underwater wreck?
0: Well, that's what the guy thought it was, but he's, he's not really sure if that's actually a wreck-finding device or not.
1: No, that's a freaking tank. And that's a way they can cross a very large, <laughs> a huge snorkel device on a tank.
0: That's what it looks like, doesn't it? It's, yeah. So you just think that was for for crossing bodies I've of water? I've seen
1: similar ones, but never one that that extensive. But I am curious what that junk in the front is. That looks like an underwater drilling mechanism there in the front.
0: It does, now you say drilling. That does look like a drilling rig, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. That's really weird looking, isn't it? Yeah. I
0: don't know enough about tanks to know what country that is, but it kind of looks Eastern European, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it looks German. Huh. I'm trying to read the item there, and it talked about, just as a guess, it looks like an underwater wreck recovering. Dive down to the wreck, pump it full of air, and raise it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if I buy that. Somehow water-related. I think I think you're right with the drilling. I wonder if that could be for, like, a, blasting or doing footings no
1: but you definitely i mean you're talking shallow water as high as your tower there is because you can see the snorkel coming up from the engine compartment straight up above to the back and you'd have good air circulation with your blower to the tank but how the hell they're going to see anything i don't have a clue
0: yeah i don't know and it's It's
1: it's
0: yeah it's it's an older photo i'm trying to think of that that wouldn't even have any good use for mucking either
1: Interesting.
0: Okay, that article finally came up, that World War II Kitty Hawk fighter found in the Sahara. Yeah, that, that one looks a little bit better condition.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially the cop looks like you get it and fly it away. I can seem
0: to remember this one when it, that was May 11th of the last year. That was a P-40 Kitty Hawk. Yeah, yeah, definitely a much better condition. And then we have a video of the week. This is a behind-the-scenes video
1: what? Puget, Puget Sound?
0: Uh, Puget Sound, uh, Laura James.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's up up there in uh, near Seattle. And and we've had some of her videos before. She had the one where she was taking video of the outflows when it stormed. So this just talked about some of the, the diving she had been doing. So one of the new videos, we've, we've added a few new videos in the last few weeks, so head on over to the divevideos.scubaobsessed.com website, or you can get to it from the Scuba Obsessed dot com website will be a link there and you can head over and look at the new videos Wow, we blaze through that oh and then uh we do have a DEMA uh DEMA is promoting geocaching they said they're going to continue to promote continuing education and local diving using underwater treasure hunting game of dive caching this is a press release from DEMA the summer diving season is in full swing and retail store owners and store staff and instructors are searching for new ways to engage your customers and encourage them to take their diving skills to the next level. Dive caching is a perfect activity to help you promote local diving within your community and encourage your current customers refine and further develop their diving skills. Dive Caching, an underwater treasure hunt for certified scuba divers, is designed to help support fun local diving it includes the use of technology and a few basic diving skills such as navigation, buoyancy control, search and recovery techniques. Using Dive Caching, retailers can promote fun and simple local diving activities and encourage their customers to improve their treasure hunting skills by enrolling in continuing education classes. Dive Caching gives divers a new and unique reason to get back in the water and improve their diving skills as well as update their diving equipment for the season which would explain why DEMA is interested. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about it is that, is it's good and dandy that they go and issue a press release and say everybody should do this, but what solid items have they taken to actually promote this? Because I, I'm, I think it's an excellent idea, but is it even legal? Is dive caching something legal for us to do? Can I go and get a container and stick that out in Lake Michigan for people to go and find and do dive caching with? I'm going to say probably. Well,
1: why not? Well, what's, what's the difference between dumping your trash out there? Is that legal?
0: <laughs> That's not legal. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I think if DEMA wants to encourage this, they need to clarify the laws, and they also need to do something, uh, you know, set some standards for it. I mean, I mean above on the surface, regular geocaching, there, there's some standards. They, somebody needs to have some for underwater, and then also have a state-by-state directions explaining to how it applies in each state where and it, it can be done. So I I I think they they're just grasping on it, saying it's a good idea, which I, I do think it is an interesting idea, but there needs to be and there needs to be a little bit more done to this. Also, it seems like this would be a perfect opportunity for competition, wouldn't you say? Sure. I mean, like you you could have a, a an official course set up, and you you say everybody registers for twenty bucks, and the person who finds the dive cash the quickest, you know, using approved techniques, uh, and it's a timed event, so each person gets a certain start time and end time.
1: Isn't that called a treasure hunt?
0: Yeah, it's called a treasure hunt, whatever. But I I think it would be an excellent program. Because something like this, I think, would be like Gall Lake. I mean, Gall Lake would be a perfect spot for it. Now, I do think it would be legal there.
1: Do you think all those items that are sunk out there were legally sank? No. Well, right. Yeah, sure. Of course. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure that way, too.
0: So interesting program. I, I would just like them to actually do something other than to put a press release out on it. Okay, so let's let's get out of that. Let's get done with the news. Now, Mac, have you gotten some scuba diving in?
1: Well, yeah. I think everybody on, on the air this week has gotten wet. Yeah. My only, my only complaint is I don't have anybody telling me who's diving, where diving, diving, what did they do. So I can update the club site. Therefore, I have not updated the site until people tell me what the hell they're doing. It was on Facebook. Uh,
0: Facebook. But anyway,
1: yes, I got out the pawpaw.
0: You got out the pawpaw?
1: Yep. There is no weeds. There's a little uh, bottom vegetation visibility yesterday, uh, maybe four feet if you're lucky. Got past the thermocline at 20 feet, got damn coal, and then visibility picked right up.
2: No weeds in pawpaw?
1: Nope. Uh remember last year at the sonar treatment? Yeah. yeah I, I tell you, all those places that had tons and tons of weed ain't got it. That,
2: that is unbelievable. Well, we've got to go look for a boat then in Paw Paw.
0: They have, actually the, this weekend might not be a I mean they're talking about Lake Sixteen, but maybe Pawpaw wouldn't be a bad spot either. So back in the
1: go ain't too bad. Yeah. Well let's see.
0: Jim Schultz, myself, Kirk and Bob went out. On Lake Michigan, we went out of South Haven, and we went and dove the rock away. So ended the dry spell. Oh my gosh. and uh, so so what was your thought on the dive,
2: Jim? We had fantastic visibility. It was really nice. Water was chilly, but uh, this was really great. Got to see a lot of that wreck. it's uh, it's got some nice nice pieces to it to look at. Wouldn't mind following the chain out further and seeing if we could find the uh, anchor that should be on the end of it. I don't know, Mac. have you ever seen the anchor on the rockaway?
1: On the rockaway? No.
2: Yeah, it's probably buried pretty deep.
0: Yeah, there's a chain. But yeah,
2: I, I was the last one in the water
0: and I had to go and grab back onto the boat. I, th- I think my wetsuit has officially given up the ghost. It was freaking cold. That was, uh, this is for June. We should not have water that cold. I need to download my profile, but I know in the bottom I was recording forty, and I think my computer records a little colder than everybody
2: else's. But yeah, I think I had forty-three. Yeah, I had I had
0: forty on my computer as a as a cold temperature. Let's see,
2: but let me pull it up here.
0: I got my tech buddy. Yeah, the visibility. I mean, you're not kidding. I have. We were halfway to the bottom, which that's a what's a what's a rockway in about sixty feet.
2: Six, 65, I think, was the deepest I had.
0: Yeah, sixty-five feet. And less than halfway down, you could already see the bottom. And many times when you're going down the anchor line, you, you think that, that you, you've got like little floaters in your eyes. You, you, you're making your eyes are, or your imagination is, is letting you think you see something. But I really could see the bottom. And, Mac, did you realize that there's a bunch of boulders around the rockaway?
2: Yeah. I yeah, I had 60 feet. for um, We had uh, 43 degrees on the bottom.
0: Yeah, sixty feet and forty three degrees, but and that's the first. I uh, the best viz I've seen on that wreck had been probably six to nine feet, maybe the best. And to be able to be on that wreck and to see the whole wreck, I mean that was that was another one. It's I mean I've seen it clear on on Max wreck a couple times, but this was this was really clear. And then the boulders, I didn't realize there's a bunch of boulders out there. I saw a catfish too. Nobody else saw it, but here's a good size one. I would say maybe twenty four inches long. And he w- he wasn't too scared of me. <laughs> he came out from underneath the uh, floorboards and uh, just kind of hung out. But I I didn't stay down a whole long. I think I had just over 30 minutes on the dive. It took me a while to warm up. But it was nice to get in the water. Excellent, Viz. And I, I think that we the cold, deep water must have come to the surface. That would have been a great—it would have been uh, too bad we weren't closer to max wreck. That would have been a good one to go and just pop over and see.
2: Yeah, we got to get out there and see what it's like.
0: Yeah, well, this this weekend they uh, they had, what, six to seven-foot waves today on the beach?
1: I went out there to look at them. The waves weren't that bad. We had some surfers out, uh, but the coasties were out doing one of their drills, and it would sort of go, like, not out of sight, but the troughs were quite deep, and that's a big boat. So okay. it would not have been very much fun for anybody to be diving on that.
0: No, no. They, 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 they were warning on rip currents and everything else, so. But I kind of like that. The, the, I like going, actually going to the beach, the place you really shouldn't be when it's like that. So it's going to be a few days before that settles down. God, summer's slipping away, too. But That was perfect. We had the wave height on Lake Michigan was between zero and one inch. And I, and I think that one inch is just ripples from other boats. There was literally nothing. We did have a a, a very slight breeze, probably coming from the south, I think. And then Bob... Woody dropped that anchor, he almost dropped it down the uh, center board.
2: <laughs> yeah, I put that on the video that I took just to show how close to the center board the anchor was.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you've got a YouTube video out there of the of the Rockaway, too. So the plan for this weekend, you're, you, you, I, I've heard that Kurt and Bob are playing on Lake 16. So it could be a dive going on out there. You got anything scheduled, Mac? You going to hit Pawpaw again?
1: I might in the morning. I got, uh, I'm got having a block party, first time in about 20 years here on Saturday in the afternoon. And Jim's son, his open house, I think starts at 2 o'clock.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, the the muddies are all invited. Yep. So, yeah, I've got that as well.
1: I'm going to hit that. And we were trying to get uh, a, PB, a PPC class in on Sunday, if we can finally get that booked and the uh, weather's good. Mm-hmm. That's power powered parachute Oh, nice. Flying. Yeah. But we really expect to get wet next week. We have the dive club meeting and, uh, Ken is off. Uh, so hopefully we will finally, if the weather cooperates, get out there and start looking for that bomber. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Cause that would be, uh, yeah, I think I can make the dive club meeting. I'm going to be traveling, uh, like that very next morning. So.
1: Well, I, I do know the day before yesterday, when Bob mentioned about the South pier, uh, I went up yesterday and, um, uh, I got some pictures of the intakes and the discharges at the Cook Nuclear Plant. Mm-hmm. You can see all eight corners of each of the tunnels and the different flow patterns from each of the discharge tunnels. It was that clear.
0: And that was when we were diving.
1: Diving. No, that was uh, yesterday. Day before yesterday.
0: Day before yesterday, it was still yeah.
1: clear. Absolutely gorgeous. I went and did a bit of a beach scan all the way from. South Haven, down to Michigan City, and back.
0: Ooh. So you've been looking at the pictures, trying to spot anything?
1: I got a, well, I got a couple of pictures, but same ones we should have been looking at a couple of years ago. I was looking for the train tracks back for that one side I dove many years ago uh-huh. near, Uh huh. near mental Blank here. Uh,
0: Grand Grandmere,
1: Grand Mere, thank you. Just trying to relocate where those tracks were so we can go out and dig up that cart. But um, it, the the rails must be totally covered in sand, could not see them.
0: So what we probably need to do is go out there with a metal detector and see if we can get it that way.
1: And I did that last year, <laughs> and damn it, I could not find it, and that really irritates me because you can find a freaking railroad, you know?
0: Well, yeah, because it's not like it's a, a, a small piece of metal.
1: Right, you get a real jolt. and uh, So unless that son of a gun is really, really deep, or I was really in the wrong place. So I'm still looking for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll have to find that. I wonder if you could rig something up where you could, like, kayak and then uh, drag the the sensor behind it. Actually,
1: you can. I'm looking at some way to make an outrigger so I won't tip over when I'm doing that and I can carry an extra battery.
0: Yeah, because it seemed like you'd be, you know, because you get the movement from just you kayaking and you cover some ground. Because it's probably what it was. You're just, you know, know, if you're 10 yards off, you'll never find it. Yeah, that'd be be neat to find you. We got that. We got the bomber. And then whatever objects you can find in your photos.
1: Yeah. Just wish the river would clear up or quit raining so I could get out there.
0: Oh, uh, the river. Yeah. This, yeah the, did you get much rain up by you
1: last night? No, we only got uh, 0.25 inches.
0: Yeah, there were some spots, especially south, they were got two or three inches.
1: It missed us, but it did a hell of a lot of damage of horribly at Paw Paw. Uh, at the dive shop today, I was getting there. They told me the wind was so ferocious. It actually turned over pontoon boats and dumped a good number of boats. There were a couple of uh, crews out there today getting boats back to the shore, writing them up. He said it might be a really good time to go looking for pickings if I knew where the boat had sunk at or had turned over.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. So that was on Papa?
1: Yep, the wind really hit them bad.
0: Yeah, well They, they were calling for straight-line winds up to 100 miles an hour. So they said they didn't expect any tornadoes, but they said these are the really damaging
2: straight-line winds. Oh, Hartford got really hit hard last night. So.
0: Okay. Well, actually, we made some pretty good time considering how much we had to cover tonight. Yeah. So let's see. Do we have anything else? Anything, anything else to plug, Jim? You got anything with the no, preserve? No, not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay. And then the Mud Clubbies, we got a meeting next week. Yeah. And and everybody else, if you're not getting out, if you're in the U.S. or the Northern Hemisphere and you're not diving, what's up? This is this is the time. Even me in a wimpy old wetsuit is getting out there, so I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm going to be flying back in Friday, so maybe I can get something in Saturday. I don't go camp until Sunday night. I'm. I think I'm going to have everything all packed up by the end of this weekend, huh? Okay. We. see so you you guys ready for that time of the show?
1: Yes, I'm ready. Sure.
0: Okay. I got quite a few, but I think I think here's uh here's one that we'll 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 do, a guy who happens to not be a scuba diver is caught by a ranger eating a bald eagle and consequently put in jail for the crime. On his day of his trial, the conversation went something like this. The judge, do you know that eating a bald eagle is a federal offense? The man, yes I did, but if you let me argue my case, I'll explain what happened. The judge says, proceed. Well, I got lost in the woods. I hadn't had anything to eat for two weeks. I was so hungry, next thing I see is this bald eagle swooping down at the lake for some fish. I knew that if I fouled the eagle, I could deal the fish. Unfortunately, in the process of taking the fish, I killed the eagle. I figured that since I killed the eagle, I might as well eat it since it would be more disgraceful to let it rot in the ground. The judge says, well, the court will take a recess while we analyze your testimony. Fifteen minutes goes by, and the judge returns. The judge says, due to extreme circumstances you were under and because you didn't intend to kill the eagle, the court will dismiss the charges. But if you don't mind the court asking, what does bald eagle taste like? The man says, well, your honor, it's hard to explain. Best I can describe, it's a combination between a California condor and a spotted owl. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay. Uh,
1: You
0: you notice he wasn't a scuba diver. Right. Yeah. Okay. So until next time,
2: go out there and get wet
1: and stay safe
2: and don't eat any bald eagles
1: Completed. Good
2: night, Dave. Good night, Dave. We lost Steve earlier. Hey, Steve posted a good link. I want to take a look at it. I copied it and reposted it a couple times on there, but it uh, talks about the danger or it's a Dan video on deep stops for deco.
1: Oh, yeah, I saw that.
2: Sounds deep like it's uh, deep not deep as safe as it's supposed to be.
1: You mean the 50 50 type? What's that? You mean the 50 50? If you're at 200, you come up to 100, then 50. Really?
2: Yeah. So, it's. it's, Hang on on a second. Let's see if we can find that link. Let me do this for you.